0: Hey there. Welcome to episode 42 of the Author Elevate podcast, where we celebrate books, equip authors, and promote brain-happy creative living. So if you're a fiction author looking for sustainable success on your terms, you're in the right place. And for all of my reader fans, you were also in the right place to get exclusives with fiction authors and on our YouTube channel, the three random questions, book features, and of course, a fun, exciting sneak peek into the world of the fiction authors. So I'm so glad that you're here as well. And I just finished a fantastic episode with Sharon Hewson, who is my guest co-host, guest author, interviewer etc. today. And um, it we just went into some great, great places with how to use personal inspiration in your fiction books, how to get vulnerable in your fiction books, while still creating fiction that readers will love and connect with uh, some different pitfalls that you want to avoid when you're dealing with uh, putting your personal experience into fiction books, and uh, some great just ideas for how to do all of this. We went into some wonderful places. Uh, Sharon is a very good author and a fiction author, coach and writing mentor and editor. And it was a delight to have her on the show. So make sure that you keep listening so that you hear all the good stuff. But first, if you're listening on YouTube, watching on YouTube, please do subscribe and hit that notification bell icon so that you can never miss an episode. We're so close to 100 people. It's exciting. And if you're listening on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, make sure to subscribe there as well. And let us know what you think about the show, share your favorite moments, shout outs, etc. And of course, we have the Author Elevate Patreon group and Sharon did do an extra special bonus Uh, segment for our supporters so patreon supporters make sure that you hop over and have watched that and if you aren't supporting us on patreon again this is a great time to start we have over 40 videos of additional content we have exclusive um, sneak peeks of worksheets and etc and of course you get to support our whole mission here of sustainable success for fiction authors now without further ado let's jump right into the episode and it's just gonna be fantastic I can't wait and here I am with the awesome Sharon Houston and I am so excited that you were able to come on the podcast Sharon I'm really happy to be here I've known Sharon for a bit she has done some coaching with me I've watched her uh really take the reins and do a lot of awesome stuff with her own author coaching and help for authors and author services stuff. I just saw that you got a new logo or a refresh logo. I did, yes. (laughs) One of those things where you're like, oh yeah, I probably should be writing. So here you go. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly that. (laughs) Oh, the struggle is real. All right. So just to introduce the rest of you all to Sharon, Uh, here is her Uh, bio, and she is a multi-genre author who makes up stories she wants to read, hoping they offer an escape hatch from reality for her readers, too. Sharon writes, edits, and coaches other writers at her home on the Columbia River in Oregon. When not writing or reading, she enjoys playing piano, walking, biking, hiking, crocheting, and traveling with her husband. With two grown sons living nearby, she often spoils her four grandchildren, much to the chagrin of her entitled cats, Cat and Hook and Tweety Paws. Those are fantastic names. Thanks.
1: Everyone always says that. It's like I always try and keep up something crazy, and um, people are like, Where do you come up with that? And I'm like, I don't know. Actually, Cat and Hook was, I wanted to name him um, Hookshanks after Crookshanks from Harry Potter. Um, but he wasn't a very nice cat. And so I thought well, he's kind of a pirate. He's really a pirate. So then <laughs> I called him Cat and Hook instead. So there you go.
0: Oh man, oh man, I love that. And what are the what are the colorations of these cats? Cat and Hook is a black and brown
1: he's brown with black stripes. Um so tabby-ish, I guess. And Tweety Paws is a tuxedo. So black with the white and she has white paws, so that's why. And she's really sweet. And that's where the Tweety came in.
0: Oh so. I love it. I love it. And uh, just for all of you authors out there who are also listening in, I'll give you a little bit of uh, Sharon's bio from her coaching side. She uh, has a degree in English and literature and a coaching certification. And she is also from an educator who can't help but teach about writing, story instruction, and the business of writing on her YouTube channel and blog. So you're just being very productive. Or procrastinating from
1: writing, which is what um, writers are supposed (laughs) to do, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah, but sometimes you like when you're multi-passionate, you gotta do, gotta do more things like that. Okay, so with all this stuff you're up to, Sharon, what is oh something you're working on recently as a project? You can talk about like a recent fiction book or release or something you're doing for authors. So currently,
1: I am freaking out about fast drafting um, the first book in an allegorical YA fantasy series. Um, because the fantastic Janine is going to um, evaluate my manuscript for world building because that is my weakness. I am the light on description kind of gal which works in some genres not so much in fantasy when you have to build a whole world to invite the readers in so yes. (laughs)
0: That is exciting, though. And, yes, she's grabbed one of my targeted manuscript reviews. And, uh, man, I love the rapid fast draft, too. It's both wonderful and slightly terrifying. And you hope, let this not be a book that suddenly wants to go deep and weird and not let me write it fast because sometimes they sneak up on you. And on my end of things, I... I am just in the fall and winter of optimization, guys. This is just where I am. I I had a bunch of, like I told some of my like super inner circle, guys, I'm going to be doing this and I'm going to grumble. Please help me to just stay positive. And they are. So that's good. And I am going to be sharing some really cool things for Black Friday soon. And I have some new toolkits ready that I've been working on. Just little things like that. right we are going to talk about the main topic now which i am so so excited about vulnerability in fiction drawing inspiration uh, from real life for your fiction and what that all looks like so for the first question here oh what defines personal inspiration when we're talking about uh, putting that into stories uh, taking our life experience into stories what how are we going to define what personal inspiration is
1: so you kind of just did right it means the things that i've experienced in my life that infuse me with story ideas and give me um creative ideas and the this can be things i've lived through and i was thinking about this or things i've helped others survive for example i'm not divorced but i have helped two people very close to me survive that and so i then do have some personal experience to draw on even if it's secondhand experience if that
0: makes sense Mm -hmm. and I think that is valuable to mention because I think a lot of times especially newer authors can think I haven't experienced it um I can't write about it or there can be there was a thread that's developed over the last couple years that I I do not agree with for some obvious reasons of human empathy which says if you haven't experienced it or you haven't you know been to this country or been to this culture you can't write about it to which I mean, that's simply not true. You can research and you can uh, draw from those experiences as well. And of course, um, I'm going to follow up with that question that question about personal experience from other people. When you're using experience from other people um, or you're drawing inspiration from them, I think some people will probably say, but is it that their story? Um, is there something that I should ask them? I know we're jumping ahead a bit here, but it just kind of dovetails when you brought up uh, the idea of using other people's experience or your experience walking through something with someone else. Um, we can discuss this a little more later, but is there something you would want to just tell people right away about like how to be sensitive about that if it's not something that you personally have experienced, but you walked like a th- a friend through that experience?
1: I think that that um being empathetic and putting on your best empathy is the way to do it because um, having not experienced it personally although as a child of divorce I have in a way I mean you understand the, the fallout. I've experienced the fallout personally even if I haven't been the person getting divorced and so to carry on with that but I think using empathy is the best and really asking yourself is this going to be well received is this coming from a place of compassion rather than a you know a reason to i want to preach my own story or get on a soapbox or you know what i'm saying i feel like what the heart behind it a lot of times will help you make sure you handle this the um, mm-hmm. topic
0: yeah well. yeah and if there's anything you're really concerned about or specific you know simply ask the person say hey I realized when I wrote this, I took this, this one moment directly from an interaction I had with you. Is that okay? 95 or 97% of the time, they're going to be fine with it. Like They're going to trust you. If it's someone you've walked through that closely with, there's going to be a bond of trust uh, with you there, hopefully. <laughs> All right, now, how can this personal inspiration of writing from your personal experience or your experience with other people's experiences, how does it help with processing and authenticity when you're writing?
1: So I'm sure um, you're familiar, a lot of people are familiar with that. Uh, Joan Didion, I probably said her name wrong, quote, I write to know what I think. Um, There's a truth to it though, because counselors and therapists will ask you during your therapy to keep a journal to help process your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions when you're going through grief or depression or whatever the reason is that you are working with them. So obviously there's science backing the idea that writing what you're feeling helps you process that um, and come to a clarity of some sort at the end. So um, I like that idea. and about a year or so ago a coach and author that I follow Emma DC is her name she suggests actually keeping a notebook where you just write out exactly what you feel think smell the whole nine yards of when you're going through a certain whatever okay I'm frustrated because I just was on hold for an hour with my insurance company what does that feel like and then you just write it all out so that then later You can come back if you're writing it and you can re experience it, so Mm -hmm. to speak.
0: I love that too because um, it also can help you to figure out what in your story is sort of what you need to deal with and then what is something that you also want to share with others. And you can sort of even start developing that sense of clarity about it. Um, I've talked to a number of clients who their first draft was what they needed and it was how they processed. And they came to their later drafts and said, okay. That first draft is what I needed. Now let's see what is part of that experience that I actually need to share with others versus what I just needed to get out for me and that can stay there in the first draft. And it's just having that level of self-awareness and developing your process like that can be so, so helpful um, in writing. Now, you're talking about personal inspiration here. Where have you used personal inspiration in your own books?
1: So... Um, I'm going to talk about a book, but I just wanted to say that it was really interesting because exactly what you said is what I did with the first draft of this book. And I'm going to show it for you and two people, but your but podcaster people are not going to be able to hear it. So it's called The Promise Plan, and it's a novel and short stories. And this is actually the third iteration of this story because the first time I wrote it, I wrote it during NaNoWriMo. It was um, nine months, 10 months after my mom passed. And it was rehashing all that and there was a lot of anger and there was a lot of a lot of a lot of that I was still processing and when I translated that into the second thing creating it into a novel readers were like wow this is kind of I didn't take enough of that out so see what you're saying is really amazing because that is almost exactly what it was. So this third iteration, I really withdrew that and went, what am I trying to say? What is, what is the reason I'm writing these stories? And the reason is that I want people to know it's okay to grieve. And it's okay if your grief does not look like your sister's grief or your friend's grief or whoever's grief, <clears throat> it's yours. And it can look however it needs to look for you and you can deal with it however you need to deal with it so that you can get through it. And so that was the point I wanted to, to make, but I didn't wanna do it in a way that alienated people because I had one character who was very angry and, and that was the way she was processing it was anger and she was taking it out on other people. And that was really, my beta readers of that novel were like, whoa, that's kind of a little much or whatever. And so it really helped me step back and go, it's okay that she's angry, but do I want her to be taking it out on everyone do i because then she becomes unlikable and she becomes someone that that people are not gonna want to read about and so i think it's what you said is really great
0: yeah just having that separation and everything there and it was interesting as we're talking about personal inspiration um something else i was thinking about when you're working on this particular book and you're dealing with i'm assuming some kind of ensemble cast so you have this person who passed and then different people processing it. Did you find that there was a particular character who was a voice for your grief? Or did you actually find that, depending on where you were in your own stages, that that was voiced out through different characters when you were writing?
1: So the first draft was definitely one character, Krista. That was me. And that was it was everything I was feeling. That is what I put for her. But when I, by the time I got to this last draft, it's like... Wow, I did kind of go through this phase too as I was working through my grief that Lacey is in right now. Or oh I see I know this person who was very much like how Mercy is dealing with this. And so it was just it was good because it it took me where I want my readers to go, which is with that wider world view of empathy for people who are grieving and they are not grieving the way I am grieving.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that. And I love how it kind of in the process of doing that and even the process of reworking it and doing the drafting it help you to come up to even a fuller sense of your own journey through that process that's just really cool okay now um, we already are diving into this a little bit with just talking about okay well you need to put your in, you know you have a first draft for you and then a second draft where you start to really start parsing things out but what are some potential pitfalls of using personal inspiration personal experience in a book
1: so on the surface level um you could go what i experienced might not resonate or it could offend someone and when it's something that's so deeply um, integrated okay as writers we've developed our rhino skin right maybe we don't even read the reviews because we don't want to know what people think because we're done but if someone gives a nasty review or says something that um, cuts at this thing that was really dear to us because it was from our perso- personal experience, um, it can be hurtful. It can be a detrimental to us, and it can, come a- it can really sting worse than what it really should, um, I think. Or maybe that's not right. Maybe it's okay that it hurts us, but um, it's, you, it's what you sign up for if you put your words out into the world. And so that's the thing. I think why some authors draw back and don't use it because they don't want to feel that sting if people talk it down or say, that's not how it really works or whatever. And you're like, well, dude, that is exactly how it was for me. I don't know what you're talking about. So um, I think that's one thing. And as you touched on earlier, the other is that um, these characters in the book, I knew people who knew us would go, oh, well, this is Connie and Sharon and her niece. And so I didn't want, it wasn't our story. I mean, the characters were loosely based on that. The premise comes from a real thing that my mom set up because it's a trip that they take in honor of their mom that she had made the reservations for when she was still alive. And so we did not take the trip, okay? We let those reservations lapse. But my rider brain said, but what if we did? And what if we were still struggling? And what if, da, da, da. And so um, it went a lot of places that, we go when we're writing but i sent that first draft um, to my sister and niece and said okay if i do publish this and people think that you're this person and you're this person are you okay with it and they were both okay with it
0: mm-hmm. so you see a bunch some really great things in there i think the first one is the fact that when you put so much of yourself into something especially something that connects with your personal experience and maybe a, a very emotionally painful emotionally charged Uh, personal experience when you put it out in front of people it's going to be judged and they don't know you they can't read your mind they're just going to judge what's there and then bring their own preconceived notions (laughs) with that you know they're going to bring their own kind of day they've had how they grieve how they who they've lost and they're going to bring all that to the picture and to this book and that can be difficult if you you have to kind of guard yourself and then just be aware that's the way it's going to go um I was reminded of, I watch a fair amount of cooking shows. At one time, they said, you know, cook your favorite homestyle meal. Well, some people did, and they said, well, this is too messy. This is too weird. This is too this. This can't be your homestyle meal. And then they they said it was too unprofessional. And then they were like, this is, but this is (laughs) homestyle. This is not. (laughs) You didn't say fine dining, but they were, the judges were still bringing to the table. But no, we want fine dining still. And it was just this weird clash. And that's what you get when you're trying to, when you do this kind of experiential writing. It can be very good, but that's just one of the caveats. And I love how you actually reached out and talked to people that you knew and said, hey, this might impact you. Um, This might be something where you're going to have someone studying you or people who read it locally are going to look at you funny is that going to make you uncomfortable um that's a great way of just empathetically bringing them into the whole journey with you um yeah that's great and one thing I'll just add is if authors if you write a story that you really can't see yourself making those steps to ask people for permission or to separate yourself from it then maybe this isn't the right time for your story to go out in the world um and that can be hard if you feel like this driving urge of just you know having this book be your voice but you also need to be careful about making sure you really have processed everything that's in that book (laughs) because once it's out there it's no longer your story in the same way
1: exactly i was thinking too i was asking myself when i answered this question um what if they would have said no one of them Or both of them would have said, no, you can't use this. What would I have done? Would this story have stopped? Would I have changed it up and then sent it back? And I don't really know for sure because um, they didn't say no. But I was thinking that that could be another pitfall. That what if you've put it in and you love this story and then you do the permission thing and those people say no, and then what do you do? I mean, will your story be compromised if you make the changes? Will the characterization, the journeys that you have, will that be compromised? Will you have to let it go? And then I think, wow, think about memoir writers. And that's their whole thing, right? And I'm just like, okay, I'm never writing a memoir. Now that I've said that, God's going to laugh at me probably. But there we go. Yeah, and you're going to have
0: to do it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my. Yeah, right. Anything like that where you're having to get so much permission and to just work through it so much. Um, at least fiction, the reason why I love that you brought up this topic is that I found a lot of fiction authors who aren't ready to ever, to ever write a memoir or to ever write an essay. Fiction is a safe place for you to put your story, your hurt, your voice, your experiences in kind of a veil where you can be a little more indirect with it. Um, and that can be really helpful. So I think a lot more fiction authors do this than they're even aware of because it's a, there's a safety in that fiction experience versus, you know, putting it out there directly. Now, talking about fiction and fiction uh, genres, what are some genres that are particularly good for using personal inspiration in fiction? Of course, you can do this with any genre, but have you found anyone, any genres in particular that just invite this?
1: Um, well, my my book is women's fiction and that is a huge one i think romance would be another any genre where the reader is expecting all the feels is a good place to use your personal experiences and uh, the deeper emotions of course usually romances it's more happier stuff whereas women's fiction can go into some really deep and dark places But I was also thinking when I wrote about this, I went, well, but wait, I had, I used my personal experience doing a bungee drop years ago to write a scene in a YA fantasy that's smoldering on my hard drive. Um, And I used my experience of how I felt, the rush of the air and all this because she was dropping onto a plane actually and doing something anyway. So um, I used that experience. And so... Depending on what the experience is, you could use it in adventure stories. You could use it in fantasy. You could use it in any genre, depending on what sort of experience it is. I think because of the genres that I write, I went right to the emotional thing. But there's any experience that you use could be something that um, you tap to put that into your narrative.
0: Yep. So... Something else that I think you might find authors as you're working through personal experiences is that if it's something that you need to be more distant from, then you're probably going to put it in a setting or with characterizations that are farther from you. If it's something that it a little more personal or if it's something where you feel the need to really ground it in now, then you're going to put it more in contemporary settings or more like that. Um, You could probably even sort of push this with personality type. Maybe certain people who are more find themselves very, very intellectual and not in touch with their emotions at all or just like find themselves writing this thing in a completely different galaxy or something um, while they're really working through something that's going on in the depths of their own heart. Um, But all of that's just going to be highly individualized to how you're processing through this. And then, of course, for those of you who are the exception, because I always note the exception, you may end up writing a story completely different from your grief as a way to try to hide from it. (laughs) But that is for another episode uh, to work with. But if you're here, you're like, well, I never do that. It's like, well, maybe you're one of those people who who writes to escape from your own feelings. Um, But you never know. You may end up in a place where that escape just turns around and what you're going through kind of sneaks out there anyway because writing is inherently a processing and therapeutic um, experience. So your brain's going to be there somehow. Now... Uh, this is a surprise for you, Sharon, but it's something I always do with interview guests. So you're gonna get the random question. So I don't feel bad because you wouldn't know what it was anyway. You would just be like, oh yeah. Whoops. So here is your random question. You can spend a day as any of the characters from your current work in progress. Who do you choose and why? And you can absolutely feel free to introduce your work in progress at well as well, because I'm assuming it's not the same one as the, the grief story <laughs> no it's
1: it's that YA fantasy yeah um gosh and while well, I'm trying to get into the head of uh, Deja um who is one of the main characters who has um the power of fire and I'm having a hard time with that so I don't think it'd be her and I was actually thinking that um I would want to be Lev he's the min- mentor character but then I'm like no because he has visions because I think that would to see visions <laughs> of the future would be like the worst power worst ever, thing ever huh? so it's like no I don't want to be him and so I'm like going hmm, maybe I want to be the horse I think I want to be the horse so um, Deja has um, this special uh, connection with this <laughs> horse who's kind of a a Frisian Mm -hmm. but not because Mm -hmm. i've given him different different coloring and his name is graymar and he's going to be part of the story throughout the whole trilogy Mm -hmm. and i'm really excited because i'm kind of horse crazy and so i'm excited (laughs) to have a horse in my story so Mm -hmm. that's who i choose does everyone
0: now think i'm crazy i think that's awesome i think that's (laughs) fantastic (laughs) go you (laughs) i love it (laughs) And again, I just threw that at you. So great job improvising with that. (laughs) Okay, so now it's time for you to shamelessly brag about stuff. So what do you have going on? Do you have any special deals for authors? Are there particular authors you want to work with? Do you have any awesome new fiction coming out? Let's hear about it.
1: Well, you mentioned Black Friday earlier. And I am going to have uh, my Reflections Biblical Fictionalization series on sale during Black Friday. So if there's readers out there who might want to dive deep into the heart of Mary of Nazareth or Mary or Martha, uh, Bethany, those books are from those women's first-person perspectives, from those women's um, point of view. So there's that coming in November. My services calendar is open starting in 2024 because I am fast drafting, so I'm trying not to open, although I'm filling it right now, trying to fill it. Um, I do uh, developmental edits. I do um, first chapter critiques even for someone who just doesn't really have a lot of money to invest, but is wondering, does my story hook? Um, Raiders, very in-depth when I give those. But what I'm really hoping to do is find six fiction writers, um, whether it's romance, women's fiction, fantasy, YA, I don't care, I'm very familiar with all those genres, who want to write their book and are serious about getting it done and would like to partner with me for six months where we can meet one-to-one and I can read their work and give them feedback on it. So it's kind of a compilation of all the services that I offer into one thing. So that at the end of that time, they've got a solid draft that they know is solid and is ready to get perfected and polished and submitted.
0: Oh, I absolutely love that. I love it, and I love how there's that deep dive investment to really make an impact. And uh, for authors who are looking for something like that, that is so helpful. If you're looking to learn and grow quickly, if you're learning to really like, dig deep and you don't want to like, you know, pick at it once and all, really, really move forward, deep dive coaching things like this are the way to go because you'll invest a lot, but you're also going to level up a lot more. It's kind of like, you know, if you're trying to learn an instrument, you can practice an hour a day, you can practice three hours a day. Well, three hours is going to get you there faster, especially if you have a trainer who's giving you critiques on the way, saying, okay, this is how you fix this, this is how you fix that. So those both sound fantastic. Now, where can people find you online?
1: so i have a website mm-hmm. um social media mostly facebook is where i interact i actually do have a free group for writers mm-hmm. there okay. um, you mentioned my youtube channel as well mm-hmm. so i always drop links and specials there so okay. that's a good way if you're uh, like youtube mm-hmm. which you might if you're watching this, <laughs> Are you watching on this? YouTube yeah. right now <laughs> that could be a good place to find me so that is where i am
0: found okay And uh, yeah, I will definitely have links to all the things below on the YouTube description of this video, as well as on the blog post on the Author Elevate website. So make sure you check those things out. Sharon, it was fantastic having you on Author Elevate podcast. Thank you so much for showing up here. Thank you for having me. And for all of you guys on Patreon. Uh, we're make sure that you hop over there because we are going to be doing a quick little five to seven minute topic expansion on sort of key parts in a story to include personal inspiration and if you're not on our patreon plop over and join our patreon. We have over 40 bonus videos for you to watch each one expanding on an episode and yeah thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today and enjoying that great great interview with the amazing Sharon Hewson. Again, make sure that you hop over to the Author Elevate Patreon and get the exclusive extra special video bonus content that we recorded uh, just for our Patreon supporters there. And also make sure that you check out uh, all of Sharon's cool freebies uh, linked below this video on the Author Elevate YouTube channel. And last but not least, make sure you're checking out my socials and Sharon's socials and all the socials for all the fun Black Friday stuff that's coming up. Thank you so much for tuning in today. It was great having you here. Go forth and be awesome.